and verse 9. Genesis 6, 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. As an introduction, the church house and the Christian home is suffering today because these places are lacking people who are walking with God. Uh, We can't teach someone else something if we are not doing it ourselves. It's like, you know, I can't invite somebody to church and I use this illustration. It was the the gospel truth. Me and a gentleman over to Grace Baptist when I was there was out on visitation and we invited this family and they said they would be here, be there Sunday morning and they were. Uh, but when he, when I went up to shake his hand, he asked where Brother So-and-so was. Brother So-and-so wasn't there. Nobody didn't know whether he was sick or whatever. You know, it's, uh, we got to get in our hearts and our minds that this country is in a mess. But the reason... It's because the church house and the Christian home is suffering today because these places are lacking people who are walking with God. The reason Noah was called by God to build the ark of safety was because Noah was a just and walked with God while the rest of the world was corrupt. It's important because uh, we get defeated when we are trying to make a stand and nobody else stands with us. But the truth of the matter is that God will bless you, me, or anybody else and makes a stand whether anybody else does it or not. So we cannot expect God's protection of God's direction in our lives for our lives if we do not live just and walk with God. So we got a few things you want to bring out on this subject. First of all, this was a time of social corruption. We that are adults or young teenagers know that this time that we live in is a time of social corruption. Anything and everything goes. God's people had become worldly. Today, God's people have become worldly. Genesis 6-2. Thus the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. This is a truth that is not preached very often. Even when we preach it, people said, well, that's opinion. Well, it's, it's an opinion, all right, but it's God's opinion that 
save, marriage, save, lost, marriage, lost. But we don't follow that and we uh, pay for it either immediately or down the road. God's people have become wicked. We see in Genesis 6, 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Is that not what today's society is? You know, I mean, it, it is exactly, if you, if you study uh, the beginning and you study the present, and when you repeat something that doesn't work, it won't work a thousand years later or two thousand years later. I mean, it's, and it's just plain. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. I mean, all that's going on, you know, teaching your children in, in school that, you know, they'll decide when they get a certain age whether they're male or female. What corruption that happened in back then is happening now. The only thing that keeps those things from happening in your life is your relationship with the Lord. Time was a time of sin's crisis. Man's fresh had taken away godly steps. So we say man's flesh, not fresh. Man's flesh had taken away godly steps. What is it today? We do what the flesh want us to do, and if there's time, if there's energy, then we'll attempt to serve God. But I want to tell you something based upon the word of God. God does not accept what's left. He does not accept what's left. God deserves our best and we think that if we just, you know, do what we think we can, only thing that applies to in today's time is religion. You can't keep your job doing what you want to do. You can't have healthy bodies if you do what you want to do. I mean, it is just clear, and yet people seem to, you know, don't understand why are things the way they are. If I was in a political move, I'd say because the Democrats. But that's only partially true. I don't care whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent, or nothing. You leave God out of your decision-making choices. And God will deal with you. We see in Genesis 6, 3, notice. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. The spirit here is little s. Don't mean it's the spirit of God. The 
It's not the Holy Spirit. It's not talking about the Holy Spirit. Instead, it's talking about the breath of God. The reason I'm living this morning is because God continues to give me breath. God continues to allow me to breathe. It makes no difference whether, you know, you've got a heart like mine that is, you know, not up to par. But I seem to do well because God gives me the breath of life daily. The Spirit, you know, so the breath of God would be withdrawn from man and the flesh would die because, why? The wages of sin is death. If I had a heart attack this afternoon, the doctor would say he died of a heart attack. I died because my appointed time came. It's appointed on a man once to die. The question is, when are you going to die? We like life so well that we will fight to live. We'll fight to keep this sinful flesh. And God says the flesh is sinful. It's not going to heaven. Even if you're saved, this flesh is not going to heaven. It'll go to the grave. The spirit, if you're saved, will go to heaven. And at the rapture, then the spirit will take on a new body like unto the Lord. But God tells us the Spirit shall not always strive with man. In other words, as a parent, we sometimes said, the last time, I'm not giving you another chance. And that child, you know, he said, well, I'll take my chances. So he or she pushes the parent as far as they can be pushed. That's natural. That's the flesh. But when God says, your time, your appointed time of death, and you do have an appointed time of death, whether you're sick right now, whether you've got a strong body or whether you've got a weak body, it's appointed on the man who wants to die. You're going to die right on time. The question is, as I talked to people, and they'll make statements like, oh, I'm just 25, I'm just 35, I'm 50 in good health. I'm going to live many, many more years. But yet if you happen to check the latest uh, funeral home, you'll find that people died at a young age and people died at an old age because it's appointed. It's appointed. Now, we need to understand that God's judgment still holds true today and man walks in the flesh and this breath of God is withdrawn from us when we die. You don't see him? My wife died in my arms and I seen her take her last breath. 
God said, she died right on time, Tony. I gave her her first breath and I gave her her last breath. But we don't know, see. We don't know. But we can get prepared. And we understand that because if you go to buy something, you know, people say, you know, where you work, how much money do you make, do you have any savings, you know, da, 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 da. We understand that, but we don't seem to understand that you're going to heaven or hell dependent upon your spiritual state. And if you're not a child of the king, if if you have not heard the word of God and, and repented and accepted him as your Lord and Savior, there's only one place you will go, and that is hell. There was a man that kept his steps right with God. Still pays to serve the Lord and to keep your soul right with God and your steps right with God. So this morning, I want to encourage all of us to walk with God. It is what is needed most in any person's life. Walking with God is the thing that can rescue our families and our churches if we will just do it. So, for a few minutes here, let us walk with God. Walking with God has a plan. This plan has a meeting place. Walking with God will cause you to meet the Lord at Calvary. The first walk anybody takes with the Lord will be down the aisle where you meet him. You cannot get the Spirit until you meet the Lord at Calvary. You've got to start at Calvary. You've got to start when he was crucified for you. you. You'll never be saved unless you realize it was the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, that paid the penalty, and you've got to meet him at Calvary. It happened at Calvary. God has set a plan in place for you to get saved and walk with him, and he tells us all to meet at Calvary. Then when you realize you come to the point, I, I was driving up US 25, going to work. Some of you was in bed. Some of you was on vacation. I don't know, you know, when God's going to save you. But I believe one thing, you'll know it. You'll know it. So many people now will say, I think I'm saved, you know. I, I don't know why I wouldn't be saved. I, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. You do because you love God. You don't do to get God to save you. While church is weak, their love for Jesus is weak. You know why marriages are weak? Christ isn't put in 
First one. God has got to be the center of your life. God's got to be the center of your marriage. God has got to be the center of everything because if you have an ability to do something, if you have an ability to do a job, you may have taken training, you may have went to college, you may have taken a lot of things, but it was God that took that information and gave you the ability to understand. There's a lot of men a lot smarter than me that are on the way to hell. Why do I say that? You're not saved because of how intelligent you are. You get saved when you meet Christ at Calvary. When you realize it all began at Calvary. Then when he was crucified and they went back three days and three nights and checked the tomb, it was empty. See, but facts aren't important to people anymore. We see that you cannot get his salvation until you meet the Lord at Calvary. You cannot get his spirit until you meet the Lord at Calvary. God has set a plan in place for you to get saved, walk with him, and he tells us to meet him at Calvary. Then once you met him at Calvary and you got saved, you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what is the next thing you do? Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting, exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, so either most people don't believe this verse, or it's not true. Because I believe that this verse is true. But church is at an all-time low in attendance. I could name four or five churches that used to have anywhere from 180 to 250. They've barely got 100 now. You know why? The only time that I get a call from the people I've talked to over Nicholas County or the people that I know here that still call me and ask for prayer, they got to be down and out. And I want them to call me. I want them to call somebody so somebody can, can pray. But... God is not a spiritual medicine that you call him just when you need something. I got up out of bed this morning at 3 o'clock because God woke me up. If God hadn't woke me up, I'd still been asleep. Why did he wake you up at 3 o'clock? I don't know. But God is in charge of every facet of your life.
Now, <coughs> we can meet the Lord through praise. Everybody that's having a newborn baby, they just Google them and, you know, and pet them and love them and tell that little baby life. They love that. I believe Jesus loves when we compliment him. When we said, I'm here today because Christ woke me up. I'm here today because Christ gave me the mental attitude that I could go to church today. We praise him. We can meet with the Lord through preaching. We can meet with the Lord through prayers. You can walk in the church every time the doors are open and still miss God if you are not walking with God. The plan has a marked path. And I'm thankful that the Lord has marked the path for me to walk. And still miss him if I'm not walking with him. See, when you get real close to the Lord, Almost everything in your life changes. I believe your music changed. I believe your friends change. Your relationship to your wife or husband changes. Your relationship with the kids change. Because you're a new man. And and you look back and see, I wish I could do over. Well, you can't do over, but you can start doing right. The plan has a marked path. It's, it's amazing. I was still working on this sermon this week when a lady called me. She asked me if I had a few minutes to, to talk to her. She said, I don't know what to do. I said, are you saved? And she said, yes. I don't know what church to go to. You go to a church that preaches the gospel. You go to a church that practices what they preach. You go to a church where people will pray for you without you even asking. I appreciate the Facebook thing. But that don't affect me a lot as it does a lot of people because I pray for every member of this church every day. You know, so I don't have to mark it on Facebook. I do. But, you know, that don't make me spiritual.
plan has a marked path, see? And I'm thankful that the Lord has marked a path for me to walk in so that I can stay on trail he wants me to walk on. Let me go back to my lady that I was talking to. I said, how long have you been saved? He said, I don't know, five, six, seven years. When's the last time you read your Bible? Do you have a way that you study? Would that offend you if I send you some notes on how to study the Bible? What you need to understand? Not to get saved. If God's already saved you, that's taken care of. But the growth. That's what study is for, for the growth. You know, I'm thankful that the Lord has marked the path. You walk in the scriptures. It's a marked path. You know. Y'all know I'm not bragging or anything. I, I read a chapter in Psalms and a chapter in Proverbs every day. I ought to be able to quote those two books. But when I have some uneasiness in my health, it affects my vision, so I... But, you know, I just ordered a little cassette tape, (laughs) got Psalms and Proverbs. And instead of listening to some preacher on the way over here, I listened to Proverbs 11th chapter, Psalms 11th chapter. I'm not asking you to do it, but that's not going to hurt me. Reading the word of God is not going to hurt you. You know, and like I've said time and time again, you can get the Bible on (laughs) cassette, Eight crack, reel to reel. I mean, anywhere, any way you want, any way you've got to play it, you can get it. And you'll get something each time that you didn't get the previous time. You know, the plan has a mark. Walk in the scriptures, it's a marked path. Walk in the spirit. It's a marked path. In Genesis, the fifth chapter, Genesis chapter 5 and verse 16, God said this. Genesis 5, verse 16. You there? You can pronounce this gentleman's name for me. After he says, beget 830 years and beget and beget and beget. It's a whole history. There's a program you can get to all of these Old Testament names that I butcher them every time I try to pronounce them. If they even got a program 
that you can get and all of those names that beget who, beget who, beget who. And you may say, oh, I don't be able to tell you that old part. It's in there, so it's got to benefit us. So there's a little program that I have on my computer that I can take that name and it will break it down and it will go over about eight or nine times how you properly pronounce it. And you say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not care. Well, you will understand and won't say all of those begets. Those begets is inspired just like John 3.16 is. You know, never find God's plan for our life until we walk with God to his meeting place and on his marked path. She said, what kind of church should I go to? And I know I probably should have been kinder. I said, there is but one, ma'am. I wouldn't invite anybody to any church that's not a Baptist church. And I only invite some people to Baptist churches because what they used to be and what they are now is like so many Christians who was faithful for years. And now, well, if I've Walked in that church building, the roof fall in. You know, silliness. Walking with God has a price. You will have to deal with the flesh. You know, I mean, let's be honest. We Americans now don't want to do anything that is not easy on the flesh. But in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 and verse 8 and 9, God said, So then they that are in the flesh can not please God. What he's saying in verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Know the reason that a lot of people can't understand the Bible? They can't remember anything? I'm talking about people that have been in church all their lives. My favorite verse in the New Testament when I'm teaching things, when this Jesus said, it is expedient, it's necessary that I go back with the Father. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And that Tuesday morning when God saved my unworthy soul, the Holy Spirit entered my body. I didn't know it. I didn't know enough to know that. So, reason I say that, you know, uh, you know, I can t- 
relatively relatively weeks. You know, I've spent at least three, four hours in the basement trying to drill through junk, you know, trying to find something I don't want to throw away, you know. And nobody knows I'm over there. I can see whatever I want to, watch whatever I want to, hear whatever I want to. But God knows where I'm at. You ought to be thankful. You can't get away from God if you're a child of the king. You cannot get away from God. See, so we need to understand that. Walking with God has a plan. This plan has a meeting place. And walking with God will cause you to meet the Lord at Calvary. The first walk anybody takes with the Lord will be down the aisle where you meet him at Calvary. But you can be saved at home. You can be saved at work. You can be saved, I mean, you know, people to, to be there on the vacation like Sue was this past week, sitting on the, be- uh, the beach. God goes to the beach. He created the beach. And you can meditate on the word of God you can thank him for the trip that you had that was with no problems. And thank him again when you get home, no problems. Because it wasn't the car, it wasn't the driver, it wasn't anything except God. That don't take away from you, you know. Every time before I took my wife to Georgia, I made sure that everything that I could check on my car, I checked it. But we made safe trips to Georgia and back because of God. See, so uh, God has a plan in place for you to become a child of the king, walk with him, and all meet him at Calvary, meet him at church. You know, a plan has a marked path. I'm thankful the Lord has marked the path for me to walk. Walk in the scriptures, it's a marked path. Walk in the spirit, it's a marked path. That's what he said in Genesis chapter 4. 5 and verse 16, you know, walk in the spirit and he shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Anytime we do something sinful, we think something sinful, we're not in the spirit. Because when you're walking in the spirit, he protects you. And the greatest protection he can give you is to allow you to think on things that will uplift you and glorify God. Walking with God has a price, so Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, God tells us when we look at the word of God and we read it here, you know, verse 8 and 9. They that are in the flesh cannot, cannot 
please God. And you may, you may convince yourself and say, God knows my heart. Yes, he does. Don't ever forget that. Your flesh will distract you from your walk with God. Your flesh will detour you from your walk from God. You will have to deal with your family. Luke 14, 26 and 27 that if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters and yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. He's not saying that we've got to hate him, that we don't like him, that wish he's dead, you know. We put God first any time. I would be afraid if I ain't got enough sense to be afraid, but I would be afraid. You know, I've made family mad. I've made friends mad. I've made a lot of people mad when they show up on Sunday morning and I said, here's here's the house, there's some... Lust meat in the freezer ready. Help yourself. I'll be back. But we drove. I don't care how far you drove. I got an appointment Sunday morning to be in God's house. I don't ask anybody else to do that. I've done it for 50-some years, and it works for me. I made an agreement with God. If he would save me, and he did, that I would serve him. And you can't serve God if you keep putting everything before him. Walking with God has a person, a certain kind of person walks with God. It is a person that has totally surrendered to the Lord. That's That's the reason marriages fall apart. They're not totally surrendered to their spouse. Walking with God has a person, a certain kind of person. A loyal person walks with God. We're about finished. Second Peter three fourteen. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. See, those who walk with God are loyal to Christ. Those who walk with God is Loyal to the church. You can't be a a Christian that will get rewards if you just want to be saved, but you don't want to serve him. However limited it is, God don't expect you to do something you don't have the ability to do. But he expects you that when he opens the door that you walk through it. Walking and being led by the Spirit. Walking and being led by the Savior. A learning person will walk with God. As we close here, Second Peter 3, 18, 
says, but grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. You don't praise his name because he brought your wife or husband or kids through the surgery. I mean, you do, but that's, that's not the only time. Gave you a good night's sleep. You rested good last night. Do you think it would be too hard on us if we'd say, thank you, Lord? A loving person will walk with God. A looking person will walk with God. A longing person will walk with God. See, it causes you to love what Christ loved, and, and Christ loves the Bible because that's him. The word became flesh. If you want to know more about Jesus, you've got to read the Bible. You can't read a book about the book. Walking with God has a payday. It pays because of Christ. It pays because of the children. Now, that's, that's one thing I haven't understood in my ministry. And, you know, when I see good men and good pastors' wives, how they've been faithful, how they love the Lord, how they try to, to set an example. But, but the kids have a hard time following that. Let me, t- t- let me give you some advice. You may not take it. If you're saved, don't put your kids before God. He may take them from you. That's not a scare tactic. That's just Bible. You don't put nothing before God, and he'll bless you. He'll prosper you. Father, we thank you for this day.